2: Portions of the following program may have been pre recorded and edited for content and context. The opinions shared by LC Fox and Baco do not necessarily reflect the opinions of LC Fox or Baco. Welcome to the show. Listening to Cobras and Fire, a Pantheon podcast featuring your hosts, Elsie Fox and Baco. Let the comedy rock talk begin.
0: The is right to accept my we
3: Covers and Fire. I'm your host, LC, and I'm joined as always with the Les Moobly Baco. How are you, sir? <laughs> Les Moobly. That must be a
2: reference to something I said uh, under the influence of some uh, ocean whiskey. Uh,
3: I'm yeah? well. I'm well. Yeah, I'm just saying, the less likely to need to wear a bro, Baco. <laughs> yeah, I I'm turning all... in, in the right direction. Yeah, man. We're all in the same zone. You're, you're visiting the planet fitness now, right? Trying to get more. Continuing my uh, physical therapy, kind of taking it up a notch. That's right. Listen, we're men of a certain age. I've, uh, I, uh, yeah, you you don't realize sometimes, you know, when 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 you look. That these kids, they've taken, they've taken so much out of you over over time, right? <laughs> Gravity affects the bo- both of us. You, I think that's the biggest inspiration to ever going to the gym. I think at at, at our age is is the, the the level of the moves. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh,
2: you know, we're, I think we're in good company based on the people I see at the gym. But hey, it's also a judgment
3: free zone, so I don't want to be uh, uh, critical. Uh, just Planet, uh, these are my Planet people. Planet Fitness. Yeah, that's right, man. I'm just saying, like, what 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 zone did you start wearing a undershirt? Because I I, I do I do a lot of times because it's like it's like the bro the uh, the, the show on Seinfeld. You're like, what's a bro?
2: Uh, I've never worn an undershirt other than when it was like uh, like a, a button up shirt or something like that, or sometimes in the winter time. Uh, but that's more for warmth. But uh, so I never I never got to that level. Uh, but uh, you know, whatever it is, what it is.
3: But, but what of, what about uh also after your uh i wanted to bring this up just because the conversation of uh the 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 uh, the attempt at health did you ever go to the gym when you were younger though mm-hmm. and 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 smoke on the way there <laughs> And- <laughs> yeah, I think I, I actually I, uh, a buddy of
2: mine gave me a home gym when I was twenty three. Like he won it and didn't have room for it, and that was the first time I kind of tore into it and looked at diet. And I, 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 I mean, I went hardcore during that period. I, I, I would, I would uh, boil chicken. I cut out all dairy, and uh, that was probably the the closest I got to actually being like a, a physically fit human being. Um, you know, about 180, 175, somewhere in that range. I would love to get back to those days, by the way. Uh, and, yeah, I was a smoker. I would go out drinking every night and stuff like that. And the last time I actually had a gym membership would have been in the early 90s until about 2000. I had a bally's membership for about four or five years. And I would go a couple times a week, you know. That was when the band was kind of busy. So you want to keep the biceps looking good for the shows. And things Of course. Of
3: that you got some
2: sleeveless. You got yeah. no sleeves,
3: right? You got, got, got to show off the guns and everything, a little gun show. But, you know,
2: smoking was more... Way more prevalent back then, you saw it everywhere, you know. So, yeah, I would. I was a smoker, so I would smoke on my way to the gym and I'd have one afterwards. So,
3: I, don't know, I just thought, I thought it would be kind of amusing. Is it not amusing to think that I was a smoker at some point, too? I was surprised to hear that because to me, you're the kind of guy
2: who smokes when he's drinking with all of his buddies who smoke. And and although I, I will say this, you seem like the type of guy that would probably buy your own cigarettes, you wouldn't be that annoying, uh, cigarette mooch. Uh, and then your cigarettes that were left at the end of the night would go to one of your friends. Uh, so that uh, that's a compliment I'll give you. But I was surprised. You said you were a two pack a day guy.
3: Mm, maybe a pack, okay. stuff like that. But but like from like twenty five to like thirty two. Like i never smoked when I was younger, mm. and then all of a sudden I was around a group. It's just interesting the so, how things are socially wise. Like like nowadays, like I tell you this much: the other day I'm I'm, I'm driving by in the neighborhood and I see this guy taking his trash out. While well, he's got, got a smoke, you know, like a smoke in there all the way to the end, uh, you know, smoking while he's taking his trash out, drops it, like stomps on it and like keeps walking in his own yard. And I'm like, I'm like, that's the point. I think that all of us were in at some point where you you're younger, we're like, yeah, it just makes sense. I'll just smoke when I'm taking out the trash, doing all these activities. And now it's just like you see a guy smoking, you're like, what the fuck is that guy doing? It's just a different world. Is my point. But you would smoke. On the way to the gym, but I was always a self-loathing smoker. Like I hated the smell, hated everything, like that. It's a weird habit.
2: You know, you can see
3: how someone can you
2: can see how someone can get into overeating because you eat pizza and you're like, God, this is fucking amazing. But nobody ta- has their first cigarette and goes, Fuck yeah, give me more. You know what I mean? It's 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 a total peer pressure thing. You know what I mean? I and then at a certain point, it's addicted. So you're you know, so it's uh, yeah. it's an evil, evil thing.
3: Well, yeah, but well, yeah. I'm just saying, like the, the whole thing too, and then the fact that, that when you're when you're with that, you actually are with ladies too, like, like uh, the fact that you're just disgusting. Everybody's gross. Smoking is gross, well, gross all 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 the, overall. I
2: mean, women smoke too. You know what I mean? It was, I e- know. It's just, it it's, was everywhere, man. It was, you know, I, you seem more like a school bandit guy. A what? Skull? skull. You think think I just put it right in the in my my cheek? Yeah, but you wouldn't go full on actual chew. You get those little baggies. Oh no! I was was, was big. I was big league chew. If if you take context and how things actually were out of the picture, it sticks out. Because like now, yeah, I'm surprised when I see somebody smoke. I can smell somebody smoking in a car ahead of me. But in 2000, that wasn't the case. I smoked in my fucking car, for Christ's sakes. If it
3: was more socially acceptable, would you still be doing it still?
2: That's the only thing that, that changed, like, because the, the, the reason I quit when I did was because of a $3 uh, tax hike uh, per pack. Oh, that was your reason?
3: Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay.
2: Well, I was already at the point where it was like five fifty a day, right? That's what I was spending. And I'm like, this is a lot of fucking money. Yeah, you know, we were both pack a day smokers. Yeah, and if we had right. fucking tacked on, it it would have been another a, a th- like bringing in a third person that we're paying for cigarettes, basically with that tax crease. So yeah, I, uh, I I flew to Texas for a week, bought stocked up on
3: cigarettes, ran out, and then I was done. So my point is, everybody out there is is that for those that smoke, just know that you are a fucking rebel, man. You will not have society hold you back. You'll fuck your health up and you go against the man. It quite possibly broke. But hey,
2: let's shift gears here. We haven't talked in a while. It's been a few weeks since our last episode. We, of course, took the week of the 4th of July off to, I don't know, spend too much time with our families that we avoid doing the podcast. The last two years, the wife and I have decided to go up to Duluth to catch hairball. They actually play on the 3rd each, every year. Um, and then we come back down for the 4th. You know, now that the kids are out of the house. If there isn't anything family wise planned, there, there's little chance that we're going to go out to a fireworks show. It's just, it's a lot of work for very little payoff when you don't have a family to, like children basically to entertain. Uh, but that, that said, so I don't know if we started a new tradition or not, uh, but we've done it two years in a row. I noticed one thing this year that, that I thought I'd, I'd share with you and the listeners to see if there's anybody out, out there that maybe has similar shared experience. You know, maybe I can also break that light bulb too for them, like I did in previous episodes. Uh, with the whole thing about women not getting out of car, I think was one of them. Amy and I come from very similar background. Southern Minnesota, small town, kind of lower income family, uh, small town farming kind of communities. And I noticed that we, you know, there's a lot of habits from, from our childhood that we just haven't gotten rid of. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, like when I go out to eat, for instance, uh, about halfway through the meal, I determine whether or not I'm going to be able to finish what's on my plate or not. Because if you go to a certain point, then you have a good chunk of food left, but not enough to take home. But if you stop Mm. at a certain point, it's a decent amount of leftovers that you can have for breakfast the next morning or something like that. You know what I mean? Maybe take it to work for lunch. So those kind of frugal things that aren't really necessary in my life right now, but it's definitely just ingrained in me. It's like I, I just can't stop being this guy. Anyway, we both pack... For a short, you know, couple day trips, exactly the way our family did when they would pack up the families and, you know, little all that good stuff. You know, bring clothes that you may need to put on because you, you can't put it on if you don't have it, but you can take it off if you don't need it. Uh, get a cooler, put put snacks in it. You know, we go to the grocery store. We basically load it up, put ice on it, get, get all these drinks that we have handy. And then we never do use any of it. Out of basic, (laughs) really petty convenience, you know, you know, we'll be outside and it's like, ah, it's a little cold. The car's like two blocks away. I'm going to go buy a $75 hoodie. And then okay. it's like, you know what, while you're doing that, give me this $4 bottle of uh, generic water. You know what I mean? It's just like, and then we come home, we have all this fucking snacks, and you know, which is nice. We get to spread those out for a couple of weeks. But it's, just, it's every time without fail, we, we ended up like anything we need to wear, we buy. I bought a jacket and a hat, and I had both in the car. Um, I don't know how many bottles of water I bought when I had a 12-pack of them floating in the back of the, the vehicle the whole time. And I don't know. It just uh, it 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 never fails. Uh, When you guys go on trips, do you basically bring everything you need, and then only shop as need be, or do you just go fuck it? Let's
3: just buy this ridiculous thing. Uh, I am the the I overpack, hundred percent. But that's that's been brought on with the the kids and stuff like that. Where every time that we have a car, I'm like, it doesn't matter what the fuck the size the car is, it always. Seems like you need more room mm-hmm. And you don't need more room You seem to bring less shit <laughs> Stuff like that Like just bring the basics Bring the Like you just said You can just get there man It's on vacation That's how you should get clothes All your clothes My theory is Your clothes should just tell the world Where you've been man You should just have labels <laughs> Everything should say If you've been Man you've been to Duluth I see that man Because it's on your shirt bro It's what you need you're, you're, You should just be like A walking map of your life Okay that's what I say. Bring nothing. Just souvenir the fuck out of your life. Well, I think that's the shift I should make. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, but not bring it, too. What's that?
2: Not bring it. You that's what I'm one. getting at. I have Listen. to. I'm already yeah. doing that part. Overpaying. Because it right. is, I'm not like going out to, to Target trying to get a good deal on a, on a windbreaker. No, I'm like that kiosk over there selling ridiculously <laughs> priced hoodies. I'm going to get one of those.
3: And you're in a different town every day when you're on vacation, man. Nobody knows you're wearing the same pair of cargo shirt, shorts. They're they're tan. They're slightly tan. You could all you need is one. Just just brush them off. You're ready to roll to the next town. You don't need
2: yeah. another pair. Well, you know, right? Uh, did you know that uh, um, jeans were designed to be worn for a whole week? Oh, I, I've always known that. And, and I think to. I think uh, cargo shorts fall into that same category. I, I, I rotate 100%. them every other I, I basically I, I wear them to work for a week and on Friday they
3: go in the wash. The guy that ran Levi's says you're never supposed to really wash your jeans. Hmm. No joke. He yep. said like you're not you're supposed Wait, to just like you're soak not them. kidding? No. That's the other says, thing you
2: say all the time. Oh I'm boom! No, no joke. Not kidding. <laughs> <laughs>
3: One layer off. All right. (laughs) I'll go with that. I'll go with that one. I got
2: to watch mine uh, because I don't have much on.
3: (laughs) All right.
2: We're getting hot. Things of that nature is coming up. Anyway, other than that, uh, it was a good trip. Uh, Everything was pretty uneventful. Weather for hairball was not the greatest, but it wasn't the worst, so uh, whatever. Yeah. Last year was just so fucking nice, maybe I, I felt spoiled, but it was still really cool.
3: They play some deep cuts, some deep Prince cuts. It's
2: a fucking hair metal cover
3: band. They don't play oh, yeah? deep cuts. Yeah, oh, they play so. some. Come mm, on, no. they got a little surprise of the three sometimes. I thought when I saw they them, mix they did it little, up a little, little bit. bit. But uh, I mean. you're,
2: you're not hearing fucking. Uh, I don't even know what a deep cut ACDC dc track would be. You're not going to hear. God, they have so many big cuts. Nightcrawler. You're not going to
3: hear <laughs> Nightcrawler, right? <laughs> yeah, Nightcrawler. Uh, yeah, that probably, yeah probably. You're not going <laughs> to hear uh, anything uh, off of Powerage. <laughs> Well, when they put on the Quiet my, quiet, my, quiet Riot mask, are they playing, like, uh, nothing off a of QR3? Nothing like that?
2: <laughs> no. I okay. bet you could
3: pick the two songs they play. <laughs> Mama, We're All Crazy, and uh, Come On, Feel the Noise. Uh-oh. Or Bang Your Head. That's all they did. Metal Health two. and Come On,
2: Feel the Noise. Okay, right?
3: okay. Fair enough. Ma- Mama was a little bit of a deep cut there. Okay. Yeah. All right. They put on. But do they, they actually do the Quiet Riot, though, and put on the mask? They don't He's put on the mask, but they have a guy who comes dressed up like Kevin DeBro and you know Oh. Okay. Interesting. I didn't even know that was one of their things. Okay. So like what's some of the just give me a quick synopsis of, of uh of that if you wouldn't mind. Or if you think it's worth uh, it. Just order. a uh, hairball? Uh, yeah, yeah like, sure. Good crowd. Yeah, I you think know, about the same that. size
2: crowd as about 10,000 people. You know, again, it's beautiful. It's right off of Lake Superior. The, the stage is set right behind it. One of the uh, the tankers came in just as the show was starting. Um, yeah, they played two to three songs of every artist at a time, so they opened up with Kiss. I can't remember. I don't remember the specific order after that, but like Twisted Sister, Motley Crue, ACDC, Prince, Queen... Um, okay. You know, so yeah. And, you know, it's, I, the thing is, I've seen them about four times now. So I don't know if I'm seeing exactly the last same show or a mix it up. I think you're, you might get a little deeper when they do, like, a, an anniversary show once a year. And that's when people like Stephen Piercy, Bruce Kulick, they'll fly in for it. And then, you know, like, you know, they'll do 80s or a kiss. I, I'll tell you this, we heard them sound check um, from atop the mountain up at Inger uh, Park. And they were playing Deep Cut Kiss during sound check. They were—I I remember hearing um, Got to Choose, but uh, when they they fired up on stage with uh, everything going live, it was Detroit Rock City. Oh God, I can't remember what the other two were rock and roll night
3: <laughs> yeah <laughs> love that song but if they play got to choose with that that set that's gonna grind that crowd to the halt <laughs> you know what i mean like nobody's gonna know it, but like, what the fuck because it's a slower song anyway and especially you know? that crowd because it's it's very no. broad-based
2: i'll tell you this one thing i noticed i don't know if i noticed it last year i don't i don't remember it anyway the porta potty uh um what do you want to call it uh
3: Situation, not not
2: situation. Like protocol, the porta potty protocol was pretty ridiculous here. Basically, now you've been in a line for a porta potty, and basically, my experience in in most concerts is there's not a lot of chatter. People are focused Mm -hmm. on getting to the porta potty and getting out. Right. And what I saw was groups of people. I was I only went to use them twice, and both times I asked them. I, I pointed out to the person as I got close, "Hey, that one's ready." He's like, "Oh, I'm not going." Like you're just <laughs> they're just, I just, like the, I just like the zone, yeah, and like yeah. I'd always get to the to the front, and then the very next person would actually have his back to the porta potty, he's holding court amongst his friends, so both times i'm like i i I see a door open, I'm going, I don't care, uh you're too busy fucking having a, I mean it's a porta potty, man, get in, get out, but anyway, I thought that was a little weird, but yeah, it's families it's it's all ages, you know. And you know, and almost everybody's hammered, including the kids. You know, we're close to Wisconsin, so. Did you have a good one
3: I did, yeah we had uh I dove for beer in on our, our local pool and mm. everything, so uh, we had a, there, I, we have a we have a picture that 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 uh, summarizes what 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 a bunch of white people like to do <laughs> There's like just this big vat of water and grown men and women uh, swimming out for beer so at one part during the event so they had they also had what you will enjoy they had a, a event where there were relays where they, because it's a 25-meter pool, more swimming uh, talk that people enjoy. They throw a watermelon out, and then you have to swim and keep pushing the watermelon forward and mm. then back. I thought you're f- gonna I you were going to say swim out and fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Guys got some seeds on him. I like the fact that the, the, the schedule of events for this this uh, local neighborhood thing, that you'd come in there and do some slight edits <laughs> for, the, for the relay and add some more rules. No oh, man. What kind of beard did you get? Uh, we swam out. There was Dale's Pale Ale out there. Yeah. Coors Banquet. Oh, that one's terrible, actually. Yeah, that's it really is. One. It's really, really bad. That's that's what threw me off for IPAs for years. That's what you think an IPA is all the time. That's a fucking terrible beer.
1: And
2: it's worse popular. than most IPAs, but that's not what I think of. No, I, I oh, think of I, I did for
3: years. That's, I stayed away from them. Anyway, that's actually a Pale Ale for those. Anyway, so, so was, uh, I got a shitload. I swam out myself. That's when I got to see on the video. Uh, how my moves were doing, mm. and uh, got got the uh, uh, <laughs> got like a six pack of Coors Light. So that's my HOA dues in action. That's yeah, nice of you to support the local brewers. So, sure, yeah, right and golden. It says right there. It says the coveted beer. I sent you a picture. Coveted. Ooh. Coveted. Yes. Oh, that that was word. of course banquet, not light. Okay. No, I know.
2: Still I know. the local. Uh, you uh, hey, whatever. Um, you'll hear it on playback. And I say this without my tongue anywhere near my cheek. Well, actually, it's near it. But it's not in it, man. It's not fucking in it. Mm. Uh, it is actually a pretty cool time to be a, a diehard Kiss fan right now. This glut of pretty decent quality to high quality video that we haven't seen from mostly the 70s stuff. But last night, just as I was going to bed, they dropped an Asylum multicam thing Whoa! That I've never, never seen before. This stuff that that, that I assume you know, sounds like that one surprised you, but the, but you've had to have seen this stuff that, that that everybody's been sharing. I've shared a couple of them, um, but they are in every kiss group. They're just being blasted out there, and there's a lot of discussion as to as to where they're coming from. And I have some information on that. I'd
3: like to get into. Some of them started popping up in my Facebook feed. That I was like, whatever. This is probably some you know version of whatever mm-hmm. has been out before, and. Well, some of them is was that, like, what's
2: the big deal? It's seventy-five Cobo Hall. I've seen that, and then it's like, no, you haven't. Oh, even that one,
3: even that one's different. Yep. Oh, but it's a different time they were there. That same I think year. it's a different show. It's definitely different okay. shots. Different footage. Okay, you know, okay. Some of them are a full show. Some of them are less. So yeah. So so, but the one that that I was kind of intrigued on. Um, that I saw was this black and white footage that said like rehearsal for mm-hmm. 76, like maybe the Alive 2 tour or rock and roll over. I, I don't remember what it was, but it said 76 rehearsal for it. So I'm like, okay, these are kind of cool. I remember seeing some of this stuff in like maybe, uh, one of the kiss extremes or I forget which one, but it was like just a, them practicing. I was like, Oh, this is probably that, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I owned the one from
2: the destroyer rehearsals. It was supposedly Ace Frehley's new camera at the time. And, okay. And I thought maybe it was that, but it's not. No, anyway. Okay, so this is something different, too. The backstory apparently on this stuff, and this is uh, largely unconfirmed, but this is what I was able to find out. Basically, Kurt Gooch is a, know, a name uh, well-known in, in Kiss Collector world. I know he he put together that list of concerts called uh, uh, Kiss Alive Forever, um, and I know he had some involvement with the Kassology series, I assume it was because he owns so much of this the, this archival footage
3: and things of that nature. Oh, I did I, not know I, he was involved with that.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know that he was involved in the the finished product, but getting video, I think he played a role in. Got it. Um, I don't know. That's my understanding. Let's put it that way. I, the Gooch can clear that up if he wants to. Uh, <laughs> anyway. He has also been on a podcast where he talked about how, like he 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 said, well, if anybody's interested, if any chance you have eight millimeter film footage of Kiss during the seventies, I'm definitely interested. I don't care if there's sound or not. That kind of stuff. So he and, and that was the big thing because that he, like he said, his his comment was something along the lines of, if it's on VHS, it is what it is. But if it's eight millimeter, there's some restoration and digitizing we can do that can actually you know enhance it a little bit. Um, I don't know technically much about that stuff, but that was the, the pitch he was making. So not surprised to find out that, that Gooch was involved in this. Um, now apparently uh, a guy named Sam Loomis. So yes, Sam. It's Sam- he is the guy, basically, it's his page, search Sam Loomis on YouTube, you'll find all these videos we're talking about here, if you're a Kiss fan, Sam Loomis. It's Sam! I don't know that that's a real name or not, it's but Sam. it's the name I'm going for. Supposedly, Sam Loomis bought a bunch of these videos, basically everything that's coming out now, he bought them from the Gooch, with the promise that these are the only copies out there. That turned out not to be true, and that other people started getting these videos from uh, Gooch as well. And as a way mm, to to pay okay. to pay back Gooch and also make them, you um, know, less valuable. valuable to anybody right. else. This Sam Loomis is dumping all the shit out there. And it's basically started about a week apart, but now it's like basically once or twice a day. Um, yeah, I know Ross Radley was one of the guys apparently involved in this. Like he ended up with some of this footage too, and that pissed off Sam. So it's Sam! The Sam is basically just doing the, the, the last thing he can, which is basically get this shit out there and make it so it's not worth anything to anybody. Now, uh, to... to to support this theory, uh, uh, because I don't know who to contact to confirm me this stuff, I mean, Kurt Gooch is not, not going to give me anything. Um, and Sam Loomis, I think, is uh, a fake name, and Ross Radley's in hiding. I did see Kurt Gooch on uh, another podcast. It might have been Three Sides. Back when he was trying to sell that um, I video, the, the music video for i, mm-hmm. and he flat out, more, he definitely more than implied, he basically said, Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley will want to hang out with you because they want this. Like, you have a chance to start a relationship with Kiss by owning this. So, he was trying to justify sell the, the, his asking price on eBay for it. So, that does kind of sound like a guy who's a little not, not exactly above board, let's put it that way. Um, but you mean, that, you
3: mean for having
2: the eye? yeah because they're going to okay. want to buy it from you, and therefore you'll be able to kind of strike up, maybe you make a deal, maybe they do, you do something nice and they're, they're your buddies, you know, something like that. Wow, you know so um anyway, it uh, doesn't sound like it, just, a, it sounds like a typical
3: kiss fan turned businessman. <laughs> um, I got to tell you that, that, that again, you're, you're not, who knew? There was, well here's, here's a real question because you're a fan of the park guy. Is in the credits Sam's last name, the robot guy, Loomis? <laughs> you know what? I'm going to look that up. I didn't even think about it. That'd be awesome. Because if that is the truth, I think he's a listener of the show and was inspired to release everything from all the little Sam jokes. He's like, fuck it. I'm going to go undercover. Sam Loomis is my actual username because that's a deep cut, if anything, that that is, the, that is that character's name. You need to look that up.
2: Yeah, I'm doing it right now, and think about that too. If that if this turns out to be accurate, how like just right in the front of this, we were with our whole Sam jokes uh, leading yeah. up to Creatures Fest.
3: So, mm-hmm. uh, exactly. I am Creatures Fest just, just acknowledge happened. This movie, fucking <laughs> T. I can't even speak. Guarantee that the person who goes by the username Sam Loomis was at Creatures Fest, and that also inspired the release of this material too. It's Sam. <laughs> Don't uh, you think? According the to timing,
2: according to uh, IMDb, his name is Sam. Sam. <laughs> just that's it. Yeah, okay. just well, Sam. that's
3: IMDb. I think you should need to roll credits, bro. Go take a look.
2: Yeah, uh, I'm guessing the credits aren't going to say anything
3: different. It they makes got... sense. It makes sense. Sam has a camera. This is all video. I'm saying it all connects the dots. <laughs>
2: Uh, all this uh, drama, which is fun to talk about, aside, I don't give a shit. This is really cool stuff for someone like me. You know, um, yeah, hit it. Uh, Get some quick reviews. Uh, the The first show was Largo seventy five, and and when this was shared, uh, my buddy Rob Kern was basically like. Get this while before they take it down, and then he uh, he actually ended up downloading it and sending me a link. So I actually downloaded that one to my computer for fear that I'd never get to watch the whole thing. Um, sure. But yeah, you got that. You got a a, a Cobo Hall in May '75, um, which is not the the one of the the two shows that have been out there. Um, you got the 76 rehearsals that you mentioned. Um, that's like a two-hour long thing. That's kind of fun. I haven't sat through the whole thing, though, but I watched a little bit. Uh, the Japan show from 77, so they're on the Rock and Roll Over tour, and but they have the Alive 2 stage. I think that was where it was first used, um, gotcha. something like that. But th- this is really kind of interesting because you, you actually see the audience and they are just sitting down. We've all heard stories like that, but that's a fun show. Um and then Cobo uh, Hall seventy six so now we're talking uh, Destroyer tour and this is a, a a full show with encore's um oh yeah and the, the, that that Japanese show is like an afternoon show too it's weird uh Kiss Anaheim seventy six and all sitting down right yeah and I think this that's, this that's Anaheim seventy six is yeah I already said the sitting down part um the the seventy six Anaheim I believe has been out there in a different form this is just a different angle. Um, I haven't watched KISS Houston 76. I did watch, there's two uh, clips, three-minute clips of the KISS k Kite Festival from, I think, God, that's 74. Um, And here's one that I didn't know was up here. Something called KISS in New Jersey with sound. It looks like it's 75-ish. Gene Simmons doing an in-store signing in 1978. Uh, And then, of course, last night, late... Uh, as a matter of fact, it says twelve hours ago this was posted. Kiss Asylum, never before seen. Um, I watched almost all of that last night. Now it's the full show, but it's it's cut up, so you don't actually get one any of the songs full. And the audio, I can't tell. It it may not even be from this show, or but it it doesn't always match up. And it's really poor quality audio, but visually this thing delivers. And and there's there's a really. I mean, it's amazing. I always thought their stage was a lot bigger. Now, I know they had uh, several versions of it, so maybe this is one of those deals. But it's a fairly uh, mundane stage. The Gene's hair is ridiculous. Um, Gene, in general, is ridiculous on this thing. But uh, it's also really cool to kind of like, it, it puts some things in line that, that I don't think a lot of bands in the 80s were doing that Kiss did. Like, uh, when they got to the end of, uh, oh, shit, I think it's... Uh, uh, rock and Roll Night where they do Anyway, they were kind of doing that in the 80s. That's kind of a lot of the stuff they did in the 70s too where they would extend certain things live that you would see that every time they played it live. Okay. Um, I don't know. That was just kind of neat, but uh, Paul looked and sounded great. Uh, I've seen Bruce Kulick play a fucking blue BC Rich Ironbird. I don't think I've ever seen that. Not only that, but uh, this probably doesn't mean a lot to you, but for the two guitar nerds listening, it was an Ironbird with the original three-on-three-side BC Rich headstock. I don't know that I've ever seen that either
3: on an Ironbird. Anyway. Like I said, the only one I watched was rehearsal, and I I swear that this is probably where they got Possibly <laughs> some of the professional footage for the like the love them leave them video. Oh, I think like. that's you can confirm that. I mean, wasn't oh, there? Can you? Okay. I think. Well, fuck. I don't know. I'm not sure. It's the same. It kind of looks like it's like not not the full I think alive too set, but it's it's cool because they actually have the bombs going off and like it's a full like dress rehearsal of what the uh, the show should be and they they run through things a couple times and there's mm-hmm. some there's some songs they don't play like they play hard like a woman during it during the rehearsal too, mm-hmm. which is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Unusual. Anyway, it's very interesting to watch, and the quali- the actual sound quality on that one, I-, I can say is pretty good. So I would definitely check, check
2: out. out that Largo seventy five show. It uh, that was pretty bonerific um, for for Kiss fans. So
3: I guess the thing that amazes me in, in, in about all this is why this was held on to and how it got lost between management and stuff like that. Like We only got just a tiny taste with castology, but the fact that this stuff actually exists and could have been used so many times earlier. I mean, do you think that there was, was any plan here or, or do you think there's any strategy to this at all? Is it this old school thing of if you see it, then you won't go pay to see it live? Maybe that old school kind of idea of we need to keep the mystery
4: you know I, I, mean? I think it's coming out now has, because
2: like yeah. a guy was hoping to make money on it at some point and then found okay. out that other people had it. Um, God, I know um, uh, Mancini got caught up in one of these deals, too, where him and a, a couple other guys bought some recording from Rock and Roll Over. I don't know if it was demos or something. Um, and they were all going to just squat on it and share it. They, but they financially invested it. And then one of the people that, that was involved for... I don't know, somebody got pissed off and they threw it up on YouTube and said, fuck you guys. <clears throat> um, so I
3: mean, are these all just, you think, like the local place that did a record- recording? or I know some of them that's the-, the
2: case. I don't know. I yeah. don't know. Any, there's so much of this stuff, how, how all this stuff. I, I'm telling you right now that the reason the stuff's available out there is because Kiss is cheap, and they probably weren't willing to pay anything to, to, to purchase these and then resell them. Right now, Kiss doesn't think uh, any actual product is worth doing you know what I mean unless it's like a fucking Hello Kitty lunchbox basically you know they'll they'll take money but they won't pay money and they won't invest into a product or anything like that right the one time they did it was Casology and that was a one timer pretty much like we're gonna try doing this and I yeah. think they, they probably stuck with shit they owned you know for right. the most part you know because right. that, um, that, that's why all that stuff was shit that was already out there you know what I mean Yes. so um, okay
3: well cool thanks Sam it's
2: Sam yep thanks buddy Show tour, whatever it's going to end up being, according to Eddie Trunk, uh, the holdup right now is Dave. Um, I uh, I didn't care enough to dig into it more because I didn't think Eddie was going to elaborate more. But uh, that that's Eddie Trunk said that on on his show on Sirius XM. So okay, good to know. Uh, and another piece came out on Rolling Stone. A former Rolling Stone website editor named Blair Fisher wrote this piece that detailed uh, a very odd way he ended up befriending Eddie Van Halen in the years prior to his death, starting in 2015. Um, and so the article just came out. It's Like I said, if you search Rolling Stone, it, it's out there. There, there. If you're a big Van Halen fan, it's a lengthy read, and it's, it's pretty well written and gives you some stuff. But there are some takeaways that I thought I'd share. I, I'm assuming you haven't read it? Nope. Okay. Well, uh, and it should be noted that anybody that was reached out for comment on this article declined, and that's Michael Anthony, David LaRoth, Sammy Hagar, Wolfgang, and anybody representing yeah. Van Halen. So, uh, and that is pointed out in here. So, the, the nuts and bolts of this is this guy was no, was working in a fairly boring job, and uh, he would shoot emails off and, he, and to to people to see if they would get back to him, like famous people, things of that nature. He he would he has moved on from. Ah. He had moved on. Oh, you God damn it. it. Uh, flip-flop off. Uh, just, Keep going. Uh, God damn it. All right, there we go. Uh, <laughs> so this guy has actually, you know, years past being the website editor for Rolling Stone, he's now doing some kind of, I don't know, corporate gig where he just crunches numbers or something like that. Uh, he, he gets into it in the, in the article. It's just not him that important. But he came across an email for Eddie Van Halen, but it was much to the Bruce Kulik kind of thing, an AOL email. And he's like, there's no yes. way this is Eddie Van Halen. So he he figures, well, let's, let's find out. So he shoots off an email, and the email just says, how's Michael Anthony doing? Now, in 2015, you understand the ramifications of that. Right, And apparently gets back pretty quick, goes, not nearly as good as Wolf and Van Halen, nor will he ever be. Who the fuck is this? You don't know <laughs> that you would know that if you had a brain and ears. Wow. All right. Okay. So now still not sure he's not being catfished. Uh, uh, he hits him back. He says, well, regardless, you screwed up the classic lineup. And with all due respect to your son, with DLR's voice in the shitter, you need Anthony more now than ever. And how about some new music you didn't write in 1975? You are super lazy. So, this is <laughs> Jesus
3: Christ. He's going right for the jugular.
2: Yeah. So, and again, now he breaks it down, but his whole point here is like he wants to determine how real this person is. You know what I mean?
3: Is this you, by the way, writing these emails? Yeah, I wish. Yeah.
2: <laughs> All right, so Eddie replies, he can't control Ross's voice, and he but but now you think Mike is a lead singer, he sounds like Mickey Mouse. he just has a high voice. <laughs> he goes on to blame Roth for leaving the band in eighty five and he regrets the decision to bring in Hager to replace him once Hagger joined, it was never the same. That's Hager. the last thing I'm gonna say on that when Hager quit, Mike went with him instead of staying with Alex and me. And that was as much a betrayal as Roth blind inciting us when he quit. We didn't see that one coming either. All we had was ourselves, Alex and myself. Wolf happened to be there and it was fun again. I can't control anything more than you can. If I could, I would change a lot of things, starting with never having my first drink and maybe sticking to piano instead of guitar. A wow. couple things there, a lot to unpack in that, that response right now, the guy's pretty convinced he's actually talking to, to Eddie. Now you, you could still catfish him if you know enough about Eddie, but this is, uh, it, suffice it to say it, it gets confirmed to the point where he actually gets invited to a show and meets Eddie. Uh, um, really? Yeah. So the, we, we, we know that the, 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 it isn't somebody pretending to be him. I'm going to uh, hit back at, at Eddie, even though he's no longer with us, um, the bullshit that Alex or Michael Anthony left the band with Sammy. He stuck around, he was on the next record. And if I don't know, I just I I'm getting kind of tired of the the overemphasis on defending Michael Anthony that seems to be out there as if he's some kind of sacred
3: cow. But I will defend him on this. No, you you hung in there. I, I think you made things difficult for him. So I'd like to add something to that too, and that I've done some reading on my own and I just hmm. finished uh the What I highly recommend, if you want kind of a kiss and sell view version of Van Halen, yeah. you have uh, pretty much zero to do with the music, but everything to do with the back end of everything is the Running with the Devil by Noel uh, Monk, uh, who is their manager from 78 to 85, where I just finished the book. Hmm. And anyway, so it's, uh, it came out a couple years ago. And it was so good that I was inspired to reach out to him and realize he just died this year. And he lived in Colorado Springs. <laughs> so because I kept saying this author's in Colorado, I'm like, this is fucking great. This is the kind of stuff I love because Kiss and Sell is my favorite book on there. Anyway, so it went to this part about this I, that I did not understand about it. So two things about my one thing about Mike Anthony, I just add and the, the DLR in. It says that in 1984, all the way back in 84... And you can you can tell me if you're like yeah, that's common knowledge. I thought it was much later. That is when they had Michael Anthony sign away all of his royalties from from that point forward. And then he stuck with the band. He became a paying member, an employee of of Van Halen. As of 1984, they said fuck it, you're you're done with getting any more royalties from that.
2: I have heard Michael Anthony say the opposite. Uh, he claimed it was um, when they did the last tour with Sammy, they brought him back in, and right. and 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 that was a that's in Sammy's book. And I've heard Michael Anthony say the same thing that like he said, "Fuck it, this is the only way." A last hurrah, I guess. So I am shocked too. Uh, if it happened that far back, then I don't know why they're lying about it, but.
3: It was a it was a five thing. The, the manager was twenty percent, and the other um, four were were twenty percent. You know of the of the pie. That's that's how it's a have pretty to big cut for took, a manager. Exactly, and then they 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 got rid of him. And then the other part I'll just say too about the the the, the leaving is they said that on a plane. That David Lee Roth had demos of him singing California Girls, and he played it for the other guys and said, "Isn't this great? I'm going to be putting out my own thing and thinking that they, everybody would be cool with that." Yeah. That I didn't understand either—the fact that he's like, "Yeah, I'm just going to be a solo artist and still be in the band." Did you know that? Um, not not specifically. No, that's not that surprising though. Okay, because it's I a revelation, it, it, but uh, not not shocking. Okay. He's like crazy with it with the heat or whatever. He's just he'd grabbed Ted Telplets, he's like, Is isn't this, is this cool guys? I'm just doing this thing. Isn't that good? We can still tour, right? <laughs> I I find that amazing. That that's how big that David Lee Ross like, hey, it's all right, right? Well maybe no some problem.
2: of Ed's comments uh, in the rest of this article will will cement the, that belief there. okay uh, um, so here are just a handful more takeaways. Uh, he's He claims he started, uh, and these are all broken down in the article. I'm just kind of picking highlights here from this point on. Uh, he started smoking and drinking heavily early in his career as a way to treat performance anxiety. That's uh, not exactly the most unique thing. Um, the reason it took so long for a different kind of truth is Roth was basically the holdup on a lot of stuff, including all the rehash demos. Um, and he said that Roth is also the reason the band hadn't done anything at this point. I think it was 2018. So, uh, but a live record and for th- and to show for three years of downtime. Um, he said, Roth only wants to be on stage doing his vaudeville shtick. He's not interested in rock and roll, hates ACDC and calls the band's fans culturally illiterate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, He said (laughs) if people only knew the truth, they wouldn't believe some of the shit that goes on and what we put up with. Probably not much longer, though. I'm too old for this shit. I really wish things were different, but they're not. That's kind of a telling comment, I think. Um uh, to that that point, they actually become kind of friends, and they kind of go back and forth a little bit. Again, an interesting read if you want to get into this. But um, one of the other, another interesting takeaway was that he, when he did actually meet uh, Eddie on the, the, I think it was the last tour they did, um, uh, it, the brothers at that point had no communication with Roth off stage at all, um, and I think it's kind of unique to hear that like. Uh, you just don't hear the, uh, for obvious reasons, band members call out, you know, like, why, I get why Nikki 6 isn't admitting that Vince can't sing. Okay, I, I understand that. But it, uh, apparently, in these exchanges, Eddie does. Uh, he was well aware of how Bathroth sounded. Uh, he ruled out asking Hagger back largely because Michael Anthony would be part of the package. And he said he didn't think he could play with him after Wolf. Anyway, uh, this is the author's words. The hostility Ed has for Hagger is arguably more dug in than it is for Roth and, and, and totally different. When it comes to Roth, Eddie's rants are about his abysmal singing and rock, rock star egomania. While with Hagger, it seems to boil down to claims of greed uh, and he, like, saying that he uses the band uh, to sell tequila and his relentless drive for publicity. As Ed saw it, Hager just can't open his mouth without saying Van Halen. A little bit of truth there. Even when Hager had just formed his own band, Chickenfoot, instead of talking about his new band, all he did was talk about how much better they were than Van Halen. <laughs> so I don't know. So a lot, a lot of stuff. There's, there's much more in this thing. I do encourage people who are fans to, to, uh, to, to do it. He did also. You know what? I, I should mention, um, he, like. The, this guy knew about like Eddie was uh, diagnosed with stage three lung cancer as far back as August two thousand seventeen, and that was the, the the what led him up to his unti- his death eventually. Um, was the treatments and the ongoing things with that uh, he just never really got recovered. And in the meantime, Roth is out in the media, kind of dropping hints that Eddie might be sick and all these things. And, and Eddie gets blindsided by this stuff. So. If Eddie's telling the truth and these these things are accurate, you know th- th- that had to be a little bit difficult too to have someone like Roth out there basically saying, "I'm the face of Van Halen." I don't think Eddie can answer the bell, you know that kind of stuff. Um, you know, while he's also going through cancer treatment, that's that's a little shitty,
3: especially if Roth knew, which sounds like he did. Right, I'm definitely going to check this out. I think that maybe we should consider doing an audiobook version of this article. Mm. You and I, and just just for for you, just saying David LaRoth and, and Hagger. Hmm. what do you what do you think hagger the horrible
2: that's what i'm saying that's a, that's a very Andy listen. Shaw level joke right there hagger the... thank you Is no this no the I, problem? Was, I was it was my joke what, what was your joke hagger the horrible yeah just good regurgitating something related to the one word you said uh okay <laughs> Uh, oh, he also confirms the kitchen sink tour, you know, that, uh, which I think that we could have taken, you know, Wolfie at his word, too. It's not like Wolf's out there lying about this shit. But yeah, basically, Ed was on board for once he got healthy to do a tour with everybody. Wow. Okay.
3: That's pretty cool.
2: And you know, at the end, it kind of portrays the last days of Ed, so it gets a little thick at the, you know,. At, at the end of it but uh, anyway yeah so Rolling Stone Eddie van Halen you type those two words into Google you'll probably get it it's a pretty pretty big article
3: I just I just think uh, the the telling thing is too is that uh, thanks to Bruce and Eddie AOLcom still exists <laughs>
2: well now it's Bruce's uh, uh Bruce is holding it himself waving now. the flag much like he does the the flag for 80s kids. yeah
0: Just as long as you drive me home
2: a lot of really interesting stuff going on with live performances right now. Uh, and, and, you know, the weird thing is that, like, with COVID, certain precautions had to be made to last year, and they're, they're starting to ease up, but there were things are still a little different. But one that I was not ready for, and one that I actually, when I first heard about it, came from, and Tracy Guns is a guy who will have a joke now and then, so I didn't believe this. I thought he was just fucking with people, but he basically posted on his Instagram page. Uh, we have a n- unique situation. A lot of people I know have a panic disorder. While I have it 95% under control, heat is the remaining trigger. So he's down to where only heat makes him panic. And he simply cannot play in the heat, which we'll get back to that. But he found a solution. They set him up in a toilet, offstage, air-conditioned, and he was going to do the whole show (laughs) with a live Instagram video of him playing in the toilet while the band was on stage. (laughs) This is incredible. Uh, It turned out it was not a
3: joke. Uh, This actually happened, and uh, there is video. First off, this was the Sonic Slam tour, which uh, sounds like something you'd have at Sonic. I found Uh, out about that from my AARP app. Yes, exactly. AARP, Sonic Slam tour that has Tom Kiefer. It's got LA Guns. It's got Faster Pussycats. So that's the lineup. And again, this is the LA Guns with, as we just heard, Tracy and Phil. So you're getting the real ish version of, of la guns okay and everything and you're so you so, so imagine you, you've, you've you spent your hard-earned money and everything like that and you get there and you're like yeah and what if you're somebody like me who is somehow have you ever seen them together or yes not? yeah okay I've always I've only seen them once and that was just the Phil and whoever else was that version before so I've never been and this tour I wanted to see okay they're not coming to Colorado but anyway so imagine you get there and everything and you're seeing what we just told you You've never seen them before. And this is why also at the same time, this is the greatest music genre. Every once in a while, I'm like, why do I love this music? Why? <laughs> why? Because you don't get this. And this is a quote from Joy Hades. This is one of his comments. You don't get this with Illumineers. <laughs> you no. don't get this with Mumford & Sons. Mumford & Sons ain't playing from the bathroom. No. Nope. Because of some heat trigger. And they're You're not getting... doing uh, meet and greets in bathrobes either. No. And that was what I was (laughs) saying. There there you go. The only thing that could have made this better is if he was wearing a robe in that bath in there too. But of course, it's heat is a trigger. So we're going to hit a few things. I'm not sure if you want to if you want to jump in here right here. But uh, but first off, there's a couple things that just are pure gold for me. First, panic attacks, stuff like that. Not making fun of that you know me i had i i was getting pretty nervous at the rock and pod stuff like that before doing the we talked about this with going with rear keel it happens you know it happens right there these things are real but here's the thing there are ways to avoid this if heat is your trigger first your fucking band name is la guns you're from places where it's hot okay if you are if that is a trigger don't go on a summer tour and if you do do little uh, clubs at night with air conditioning. Don't mm-hmm. play any outdoor gigs because, and I don't care where you are in the, U- in the United States during this time of the year, it's probably going to get ninety-five or higher. So your trigger is right there.
2: Yes. Yeah. How is this the only show? I mean, come on.
3: Yeah, it gets hot in a club. There's no <laughs> way he hasn't played in the heat before. No, that like so. So I'm not sure what's going on there exactly, uh, but. But so he's he's playing. Here's how I would have it acceptable: have at least the the have an air conditioned porta potty or one of those things from like Spinal Tap on stage with AC around it, or do like Dana Strum does, like I told you years ago, and have a guy with an umbrella and like a fan r- running around mm-hmm. with you on the stage. They did that. He had they had the <clears throat> the budget for for a roadie to do that with his little shade. I mean, that was fucking amazing to me. Like, that's next level. That's like rock, like super rock star having a little guy with an umbrella. Parasol. Parasol, Roadie.
2: Now, I'm, I'm going to just so we don't get too far away from your comment. I do want to point out that um, I have no sympathy, even if you're a young first-time fan, um, that if, like, this is finally my chance to see a L.A. Guns version-ish. You know what I mean? Come on. All right. You know what? First of all, I didn't get to see, like, the Beatles because I wasn't born. So it's just there's certain realities to life. But if you've been a fan as long as we have and this is your first real chance to see them, well— Odds are you've passed up a lot of other chances to catch it before this. Um, So, it while maybe not the best thing, and I'm not saying you need to celebrate this like maybe I would. I would actually, I want this now. I want him to play from the bathroom, but I want that put on the video. But here's the other thing: he sat on the toilet the whole time. I want him to take his pants off, and I want him to fucking drop one while he's doing. Put put a grumpy in that toilet while you're fucking ripping up the solo for rip and tear. You know what I mean? That's what I want.
3: I like that. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine hearing a flush during during the during just the the pause and no, sex action? No, you don't
2: flush. You fucking save oh. that and you sell that fucker. Okay, yeah, this is well, a, not... this is the Tracy turn from uh, Dallas, Texas, twenty twenty two. So you want the rest of the tour? of Him to do this?
3: Yeah, yeah? I, I think he absolutely has to. There's otherwise, he's a fraud. Well, maybe. Well, oh, that's <laughs> true. That's that's true. Or maybe uh, what if other other people have different kind of triggers where, where other places the other band members could maybe every time you don't know who's gonna be in the actual bathroom would that be kind of a revolving thing Vince Neal, like that.
2: Vince Neal can't perform anywhere within walking distance of a Chipotle <laughs> true it is a law
3: that's right <laughs> it's in the rider that's, that's that's his trigger. Yes, he he's got a He's got a roll for 20 minutes. Is that a the show? If it's you no, know, it has to be within a walk. If it's in, within a uh, walking distance. Well, nothing's a walking distance for him. But but uh, OK, he's got uh, a little scootery runs backstage. <laughs> hops a little golf cart. Yeah, I'm not sure if you know know about this, too. But they just Tracy and Phil just announced as well that they're doing a side pro- project called Kenny Leguns, which we're, they're just playing. They're just playing rocked out sound uh, songs. Songs of uh, uh, planes and, uh, and and golf. Possibly possibly some illegal dancing movies, too. Oh, God. Ken- as for you, Aaron Camaro. Kenny Laguns. Kenny Laguns. They've heard of some deep tracks that might you might get some Iron Eagle and some Caddyshack 2 tunes as well. And when did uh, bad puns become synonymous with dad jokes? I'm not sure. Hey, man, that's Aaron Camaros. He's been dropping Kenny Legans the last couple decibel geeks. I fucking love it. (laughs) Kenny Laguns. Amazing. My favorite pun of 2022.
2: Yeah, and, and I'm not shooting down puns or dad jokes, but to me, dad jokes are like if you're wearing camouflage and the dad goes, oh, I can't see you. That's a that's a dad joke.
3: I want to mention one thing. Going with Kenny LeGuns is okay. I just watched Top Gun yesterday for the first time in like 30 years. Still not a good movie, people. I'm just letting you know that because I've been hearing all this hype about Maverick and seeing it and and, and all that stuff like that. And I'll tell you this too, Tom Cruise. I'm not sure he's rocking a unibrow for the entire movie. They do so many close-ups of him in the, the helmet. He it just needs a wax. How did they not have that? Just it's against you know. his uh Scientology faith. I will tell you, you, you know your sexuality immediately during that volleyball scene again. So so hot. Yeah, I never seen it. So. You still haven't seen it! Okay, all right. That's yeah, your like Titanic at this point, well. I'm
2: gonna go, you know what? I should probably check out Top Gun. Man, I, I know the key just, points. There's a guy named Goose, there's Maverick. Some somebody dies. Val Kilmer's there. There's a kind of homoerotic volleyball scene. Kelly yeah, McGillis you got it. is in her small window. And it's it's just one of those paint by number cliche action movies. Sometimes they're done well. And you know,
3: sometimes they have Tom Cruise in it. And I was never a Tom Cruise fan, so whatever. Yeah. Can I just tell you what the working title of that movie was? Yeah, go for it. Date Rape with Jets. Date Rape with Jazz. Date date no date rape with jets. Oh, okay. <laughs>
2: Uh, yeah, and they're like some sing along where everybody kn- conveniently knows every word to some kind of like old ass song that yes. is definitely out of all yeah. their time. You've lost that love and feeling. <laughs> what, what are the odds that they they try to recreate something like that in in
3: Top Gun, whatever? too? one hundred percent. And and but I was just like, man, Kenny Leguns during the during the eighties, fucking owning that shit. <laughs> Family Guy has my favorite uh,
4: Kenny Loggins bit Hi, I'm Kenny Loggins And I'm still very interested in 80s references Every time Family Guy plays one of my songs I get a new hot tub from my Colorado deck
2: And he's in a hot tub and they zoom out even further And he's just surrounded by hot tubs With a helicopter dropping a new
3: one down (laughs) I love it He's the man Anyway, so, uh, yeah, report back after you see Top Gun. Well, look forward for that. Look look for that, then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The biggest movie out there this year, Maverick.
0: Show me the money!
3: All right, let's wrap it up with uh, Stadium.
2: There's all these little bits and pieces to get into here. They're fun. Get back to my
3: show prep here. <laughs> I hope everybody's enjoying a extra large, supersize version. Of Cobras and Fire. Listen, we haven't seen each other for a little bit. Trials and tribulations. So we hope hope, hope you're enjoying all the updates from the same damn bands we've been talking about for two months. <laughs> because it give us so much material. Again, greatest genre in the world. Why do I like this music? Because of this. I'm going give, to uh, give
2: you and me just a little bit of crap um, for our take on the stadium tour. It almost, especially when you go back, at times it felt like we were almost rooting against it happening. Um, okay. uh And I don't know why, because we basically have our summer material set. It seems like every week there is just something new, something silly, something stupid, and there is a glut to get into that has happened since the last time we talked to you. So where we left it off, basically Tommy was playing three to five songs a night until his ribs healed. Um, sure. And uh, so... We've we found out how his ribs broke since then. Um, all these <laughs> th- these things. And, and, and the latest thing I'm just going to start, start off with, uh, and I'm going to give Vince a little benefit. I don't want to get into this too much because I think it is just blown out of proportion because of slow news. Vince uses a teleprompter on stage. I just assumed he did, honestly. Yeah. I assume every one of these artists are probably using it. It is just so passe. I do not agree with Stephen Michael's hot take like, I don't remember what I had for breakfast and you're expecting this guy to remember the lyrics. I'm like, well, if you had the same breakfast for the last 35 years, I bet you would remember what you had for breakfast this morning, Stephen. So yeah, I do expect somebody who sings only these songs all the time, 50 to 100 times a year for the last 30 years, should remember these words, but he's hardly the only one. Okay? Fucking...
3: I, I everybody's using the damn things, okay? So I just don't care. Yeah. I mean, Tommy Lee is even using a teleprompter during his little speeches. <laughs> yeah. About his ribs. That's all teleprompter. Oh god, hey, should we get into that? Should we the Actually, a teleprompter just says fuck. Yeah, it says
1: over and fuck. Over again. it's
3: just
2: a bunch of like it, it but it, it like, you know, does that thing with the the, Dots. the stars and the 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 signs symbols, but yeah, uh, sure. uh, let's get into the cuz his wife ex <laughs> told him, told the world, she, you well, know, in a typical wife manner, it's like, oh, what's the big deal? Let's just tell him. This is how he broke his ribs.
4: Everyone keeps asking how Tommy broke his ribs, so I'm just going to tell you. We were staying at a, like, old rental house in Nashville. It was a cool, like, old, quirky house, but the stairs outside were made out of stones and they were really uneven and the roots were pushing them up from a tree and everything was fine. I actually felt up the stairs a few times getting groceries but whatever bananas um so the day that we were leaving nashville our driver came and we had all this luggage and he wasn't helping us he just stayed in the car and so tommy was trying to carry all of our luggage for us and he fell down these crazy stairs and broke broke four ribs not fractured not bruised broke and it was crazy because i came out and he like couldn't breathe it was really scary. He was on the ground and he was gasping for air. And he got on a plane that day still and went and did the rest of rehearsals in Pennsylvania. Went to the hospital and they were like, sorry, I cut off. Um, he went to the hospital in Pennsylvania when we landed and they were like, you have four broken ribs. Um, and they wanted to keep him. In there, but he did not want to stay. And he's just a fighter. He's the toughest guy I know. I mean, look at all his tattoos. He just really fights through the pain. Anyway, uh, that's how it happened. This is such
2: a cu- he might as well join the show now. Um, <laughs> Tommy broke his ribs slipping walking downstairs. Uh- <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, how I broke my wrist. How you broke first, your what was it? Your ankle. That's how I broke my left ankle. The left yeah. The, yeah. So yeah, Tommy, welcome to the program. Um, you've been a <laughs> you've been a, a mascot for a while. and Now you're a full fledged member. Welcome to Cobras and Fire. Name a Manny Rabaco. Right. And as always, I'm joined with El and for the first time.
3: Tommy Lee doesn't suck. Thanks for having that's, me, guys. That's right. Thanks, man. All right. Yeah, bro. We, we know that we know that if we we're superheroes, our nemesis is stairs. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. It's, uh, and you know what? It, it, it's it's it make a horrible movie, but just put a Marvel logo on it, and people will come. It doesn't suck. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. That's right. As long as the stairs are Kryptonite as well. Yeah. No, yeah no, no, that's
2: DC. Like... DC is hit and miss.
3: Yeah. <laughs> anyway, sure. Marvel. Marvel. Hundred percent win every time.
2: Yeah, pretty it's much,
3: great. man. <laughs> Doctor <Yeah>. Strange. <laughs> the, no one fucking read that comic. Yeah. I've been told that that's supposed to be great though. Oh, it's like Sam, Sam Raimi. Fucking
2: should be an Oscar, man. Black yeah, Panther fuck
3: 100%. God, yeah. I love these comic book movies. What are comic books? As as far as the the stairs go, how I I can't imagine being Tommy waking up and being like,
1: "What the
3: fuck? Why did you tell people about the stairs?" <laughs> if I wanted them to know about the stairs, I would have said it from the stage. It's supposed to be mysterious. What are you doing? I mean, I would be like what are you? Are you fucking bananas? This
4: is bananas.
3: I can't believe the fact that she put that out there. That's know, like the amazing. biggest like like uh, honey, honey. What are you doing embarrassing me in front of, front of my boys,
2: right? Yeah, it's like, you know, Tom Brady's wife, you know, clapping back at somebody. You don't know how hard he works. You know, Don't say anything. Yes. Please. Uh, like I said it was I a mean, classic wife moment though. I mean, honestly, it's just like we've all kind of been there. It's just like Yep. You're exposing way too much. Just just don't it's say anything. Exposing,
3: but the whole thing is I'm just I'm just imagining like Tommy like super mad because that day he didn't have a driver because it says basically he had to take a bunch of uh they're in an Airbnb and he's got a bunch of luggage and he's like taking it down, like, God damn, I gotta take this shit down myself. You know, I imagine him And like she tight... blames
2: like the driver too for not coming yeah. to get him. It's a... Yeah,
3: exactly. This, this lazy ass Uber guy wouldn't come come and grab our luggage. I'm like, that's not what Uber drivers do. They stay in their car. Well, she didn't say Uber, she said they had a whatever. driver. Yeah. So Whatever. Point being is I just imagine Tommy Lee like falling and you just hear like that comical, like <laughs> Falling all the way down, down, down. Uh, Or like the, uh, the, she kind of describes it as like the end of the exorcist, too. There's a long, some long stone (laughs) stairs going down. But uh, yeah, man, it's easy. Things break. You got to be careful. The older you get. Yeah, he's he's pushing 60, man. Here's the moral of the story. Tommy should have taken two trips. Yep. <laughs> they should have tried to do it all at once.
2: Oh, God. You know, that was part of it, too. Mm-hmm. I will tell you this. Now, it, it was reported by several sites. I didn't believe it because it just seemed too cute and clever. But I was yeah. kind of rooting for it that, that actually Tommy broke his ribs getting into a fight with Vince after calling him Vince Meal. <laughs> that was a good one too. Uh, <laughs> you pretty much knew there was nothing there, but I know. But I started to almost believe it when I saw a second site report it, and then yeah. a, a motley crew went out with like a "Here's a picture of us backstage. Everybody's getting along better than ever." Almost in retaliation to this mm-hmm. coming out, but uh, I, at the same time, I'm. I'm 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 actually kind of happy that Mrs. Lee came out and oh Tommy, it's no big deal. You just fell down the steps. You're an old man. You sh- you were carrying too much. That's right. Um, and uh, did you happen to see one of the shows that Tommy set up? By the way, I think he's back playing full time now. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's done at least a couple shows. If if, if so, I, I, he's probably behind the kit for our everything now. So uh, good to have you back, uh, T Bone. Um, but uh, Tommy was uh, for his second because he ran out of things to say to the audience. You know, sure. So yeah. when he came out and did his little, I can't play anymore, he tossed ribs into the audience. Like, had yes, some, I did see that. Um, so I like that. That, that was kind of nice. And he also credited yeah. John Travolta. Though with some fucking, I don't know Scientology healing thing, so oh good, helped him with that his that ribs. Uh, makes sense
3: completely. Okay, <laughs> it does. Yes, because uh, so basically, if you pay more money, then your ribs will heal. That's kind of the, uh, the stage there. Is that that's what Scientology is? I think getting to that next level.
2: Yeah, yeah squeezing ribs. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, he went. He, there's a picture of. Uh, Tommy kissing the side of Travolta's bald head Saying good to see you John Thanks for the energy movement on the ribs And coming to tonight's show So uh, that's uh, I don't know, that, that sounds like some kind of tacit endorsement Of Scientology hearing, healing I pull out of the driveway And head out on
0: the highway And I can see them in my rear view mirror Hanging up the window Snapping a shot. I'm pulling to the fast lane, nobody's getting past me And I can hear the helicopters coming Driving down the street, it's such a pain in the ass for me And God, I want to know
3: There's this coffee shop that happens to be inside of a, a church, like it shares it with the front part of it. And there's a guy really? that's working there. Yeah. It's called, it's called Rise Coffee. Okay. Mm. Rise, like rise up. And anyway, it's near where I work. So I go in there and the guy that worked there is a little quirky and, and I just went up there and got my coffee and was, he's like, hey, is there something wrong with your, uh, are you in pain or anything like that? And I go, ah, it's just a little, a little tight and everything like that. And he's like, hey, if, you, if you'd like, uh, I'm actually pretty good at healing. Oh I'm like, boy. is this guy going to jerk me off in the bathroom <laughs> or something like that? Like, me feel better. But like, he actually was going to donate his, like, mystical powers mm. to, to heal. His like, energies. Fuck. Yeah, his energies and stuff like that. I'm like, dude, just give me the coffee. I, this is a, getting quite weird. I haven't been back. No, I was going to say, back. I would
2: not be going back. <laughs> no.
3: Like that. So that's that's when you're, with if the guy behind the cat, yeah, just don't go too far, people. That's all I'm saying. Mm.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I decided no no we'll just keep moving on here. Uh but another uh kind of illness popped up uh with one of the other bands. Brett Michaels missed a show. And uh I have they actually said what it was yet? And you know, there was all sorts of rumors, COVID, he's hospitalized, he's not hospitalized, all this stuff, but uh at least one show and I think they they played a shorter set the first time he played back. But um yeah, they they, they had to cancel one of their appearances. I think it was in Nashville actually. Uh uh, a lot of our homies are
3: located around there. Probably all excited to go to the stadium tour. I, I don't know what it is, but I know that that uh, that he did. Do you know what it is? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but I do know. Uh, I do watch... with hair. Oh, is that' what it is. Yeah. Okay. Bandanas. <laughs> all right. Yeah, I can see that. But Put I did see
2: some of those. too tight. One size fits all.
3: Sure. Apparently not. Um, but I. Th- I think i yeah that's what it was i saw like the second or third one when you you encouraged me the whole thing about like seeing the fact that poison is blowing people off the stage mm-hmm. so i said all right i'll take a look at one of these things because i wanted to hear the eruption and stuff like that <laughs> so i watched the first three songs and i'm like wow you are on if this you are in such autopilot you're doing this speech in the wrong part and this is 100 factual but at the third song Brent does a speech where he goes, man, I'm having such a great time with you tonight. I don't care what the fines are. We're going to keep playing. I don't care what the penalties are. Like that. He's like, we are playing all night. Are you willing to keep going? I'm like, this is supposed to happen like, when you're headlining and when yeah. it's like 11 o'clock. He was using that speech. At the
1: th- I'm like, Wow anyway, yeah, that's that's his
2: three songs in and three songs from the end of the night speech. (laughs) What happened all night, Brett? I thought you and and, you coming out and party with us. You said you would.
3: Yeah, but uh, I was like, that's amazing. You want us to keep playing like it's the fucking third song. Yes, we want to keep playing or maybe not. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, God. Uh, and uh, how about we quick do a, a quick ticket update? Uh, I haven't looked today, but as of uh, last weekend, uh, I checked two shows. The, Are to you I, yet? I, I think at the time, I can't remember what city was in, but I looked for what was the, the t- t- ticket asking price for the next upcoming show? And then, of course, I looked at my own show, Minneapolis." For the next upcoming show, I found two tickets for 35 dollars, and for the Minneapolis show, I found two for 20. Uh, uh, that's it per ticket now. These are not good seats. These are get you in the door seats, but still prices are, are dropping. After that, it was into the eighty to hundred range, but still less than than what it was. So I don't know. What
3: about you? Buying uh, again, every single ticket is unavailable direct. You know from the thing, it's all verified resale. Oh right? yeah,
2: these are. I'm um, going strictly
3: on uh, Ticket King and StubHub. Yeah, well, even if you go to Ticketmaster, it's the verified reseller ones too. Anyway, um, so the cheapest ticket a, about uh, I don't know a couple weeks ago was two hundred, no joke, all the way to the top of of Coors Field, and the uh, now it's down to a, a nice one fifty hmm, for the okay. shittiest seats. But they are dropping. But I, for some reason, ours is the thickest. That let's
2: see. Let's see what I get if I pull it up right now. So tonight on August fourteenth. They have tickets from one from from thirty six dollars at US Bank Stadium. Got it. Um, but after and then uh, July fourteenth, which is just coming up here in Cleveland, you got them from twenty five. July seventeenth, this is uh, in Milwaukee from sixty dollars forty three and up at Kansas City. Um, and these are the low end. Some of these aren't aren't as low. Uh, Orchard Park, New York, uh, has them from twenty nine dollars. See that's I don't know what it is. Indianapolis here. starts at twenty four. So
3: So some, my theory is that somebody was uh, in twenty twenty before the everything shut down, this is their was their retirement plan. They've been holding these fuckers for that long and then you know, they're trying to cash in. That was a horrible so, retirement plan idea. I I a hundred percent agree. But that, but that's just the this particular Venue. That's like keeping your copy of Thriller sealed for 40 years, hoping it's going to be worth a lot. Right. And here, like this would make sense for fish, for leftover salmon, for the the crazy cheese incident or whatever they call them. That's the big bands around here. It ain't this. So Hmm. hippies. Is what I'm saying. I get you a granola, uh homeless people with dogs. Uh, yeah, just look at Red Rocks. It's basically all those bands that play three or four nights. That's where you, you hold those tickets.
2: And do not tell those people that Britney Spears has played Red Rocks. It'll uh it'll mm-hmm. it'll cause an incident. No. A string cheese A string cheese
3: incident. Widespread widespread panic. Those are the those are the jams here. Anyway, uh but uh when no, a lot of no,
2: my point. There was a lot of those guys. They actually think that Red Rocks was built for uh, jam bands, and they they would <laughs> never have
3: any corporate act out there. Yeah, never. Now there's there's tons of corporate acts that go up there.
2: I'm aware. Britain. It's all corporate, bro. Yeah, <laughs> no, there's that too. But uh, it's not all Trey Anastasio and string cheese. Mhm. Uh well let's wrap it up with some uh new music talk. Cause a lot of uh, a lot of the artists that we've, you know, to some degree or another we we enjoy have uh, on the same day dropped a whole bunch of new music. Megadeth, Ozzy, Monster Truck and Bullet Boys kind of filled up our feed there, which was kind of nice. Um that Megadeth track, boy,
3: that is a fucking scorcher. I don't know, have you had a chance to check it out? I have. I went uh the the video is unwatchable. But the uh, but the song itself is a, is a, is a definitely a birder. That's has uh, I think people you you maybe you mentioned or the comments are coming out, It's very rust in peace yeah ish. Uh, lots of tempo changes. Love the gallop at the end. Um, yeah, it's it's if that's if that's a sign of things to come, I'm good with it. Uh, I do miss uh, the bass of Dave Ellison. <laughs> he is greatly missed. Yeah, you, you might as well just just pretend it's him, and then you won't notice the difference. So okay, so. fair enough.
2: Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, well, the video is a part of a three part series and it's supposed to be the, how Vic Rattlehead came to be Vic Rattlehead.
3: Okay. So
2: fair enough. Yeah. I don't, I can give two shits about music videos nowadays. Uh, understood, understood. Yeah. you know, it's uh there wasn't a warehouse involved, so I was thrown off. Okay. Yeah. And they're all wearing shirts. I suppose that mm-hmm. uh, disappointed you as well. Um, uh, what about the new Aussie track, uh, patient number nine?
3: Um, I gave it a couple spins. For me, it was very uh, like an Alice Cooper track-ish, kind of remind me of, in that zone. But uh, I, there's just something missing. Like like the fact that it's it's only like four minutes and the last minute and a half, I'm just like, is it still going somewhere? It just seems like something it's building to, but it doesn't get there. Hmm. But uh, it's okay.
2: Yeah, that's where I'm at too. Uh, if I have any hope, it's that... That Ordinary Man record has really kind of grown on me the last couple years. I I listened to that about a week before this came out. And every time I do, I like it just a little bit more. Um, And this has that kind of same—I had the same vibe uh, for Under the Graveyard as I did for this song. and uh, So so maybe there's something there. We'll see. The album comes out here later this summer. Um, Monster Truck has two out in the— uh, the first one that they, I, and the title escapes me, but the the we played it on the show. Uh, it's it's fucking killer, but uh, I really enjoy
3: both tracks. To be honest with you, there's Golden Woman. It's Golden Woman like,
2: is what I'm thinking. Yep,
3: of. Yep, there's almost like it's a it's a uh, and then it's get my things and go. It's almost like a sequel. Like basically he, he meets the greatest woman and then she cheats on him and then he, there we out go. Of here. That's <laughs> that that's like the part two. They're both just straight up rock and roll and right. Yeah, tons of energy. Those are the. I would say that was the, the good one. <laughs> Those two are, are a good pairing. Yeah, the, out
2: of the of the Megadeth and the Monster Trucks are the are, are the best of the, the ones we're going to talk about here. And you want to talk about a shitty music video? That new Bullock, Bullet Boys song. What's it called? Fuck something or what the fuck? Uh, Not what the fuck. That, what That's the fuck it.
3: is Flip? I, th- uh, I, th- I think uh, it's got fuck in it, which is always a good idea.
2: Uh, yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not a, a Puritan parent, so I'm not as offended by things like that as you. I'm um, just saying. Uh, yeah, it's not the '80s anymore. I don't think it's like, going to hold back the Bullet Boys from <laughs> from, from breaking <laughs> from, the from charts radi- from radio. Okay. Uh, so uh, you know what? As a song, holy fuck. <laughs> holy exactly, fuck, holy fuck! That's the name of it. <laughs> I don't know who that meathead is on guitar, but he does a horrible job at like pretending to say the word "holy fuck" in the video. Mm-hmm. It just—I'm not familiar with his current band. I know that stuff, but I will tell you, I, I love the um, the music on the on the verse parts. The guitars sound great, and the melody is not too bad, but that chorus is. Just flat and overall, this is a, a pretty forgettable song. I don't know if they have an album coming out or not. Um, they just had the, the 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 single and the video release. So, and it's super cheesy. The video, it's it, it's like not you know you can do cheap and it's kind of good because mm-hmm. you're kind of going for that aesthetic. This is not that. This is trying to do more than you have the the technology to do, and this is how it turns out. You know up yeah. with that that weird guy going, "Holy fuck." <laughs> <laughs> Come on, lip sync, better bud, but again, bud. I don't
3: give two shits about music videos nowadays, so sure, I didn't even see it i just I just actually listened to the song and I was like, oh, um I'm good, it's yeah. no Elefante for me. that was the last surprise for me really
2: I thought uh from out of from out of the skies was was solid, it was not as good it's okay, but, but yeah, this is uh I, I i i I'm not going back to this. give me the next song what's what's what else you got, mark? do I even yeah. know you bro? <laughs>
3: And I'll, and I'll hit one uh two real quick on my end was because uh, mine were in the same zone as yours there for those uh but uh you know a band that both of us dug right in the beginning of this show uh but crowbot has a whole album out mm. and it's yeah, we haven't talked about that good good pull i it's for me it's just not working i i don't i don't know they've kind of went a different direction and it's more produced it's it's like one of those things that you listen to it, you're like it's okay but there's nothing in it that really grabs me. It's got an ice cream cone on the cover. I can't even recall the name of it. But but uh, it's a band that we kind of uh, heralded in the beginning. Yeah, that first record is
2: amazing. Um, Fat City was a drop off, and the yeah. one they did after that, I did not like at all. I have not checked out this record. I've only heard the single, and I did like the single, so I'm a little surprised I didn't dig into it more. But um, yeah, you're right. They're they're kind of going a different direction.
1: And that, yeah, that that's Fr-
2: fine. Do what They should yep. do what they want to. they you know but, sure.
3: Yeah, but uh, yeah, it was just a band that I had. I, I had. I, I guess we we saw better things for them in, the, in back in the day. Definitely um, different. Um, they uh, definitely sounded more unique. And then they kind of. And it's. I think it's like half the band now. But anyway, there was like an up and coming one that's kind of. It to me, it sounds like they've. Uh, what's the channel on uh, on XM Radio? That I always reference Octane. Thank you. They've Octane them. It kind of sounds like it fits in that format now, like everything else. But. Anyway, but, I'm but, all but about there's a fuzzy ba- boneyard. Oh, okay, <laughs> you're all about that right Just to make sure you hear some deep cut Iron Maiden. <laughs> that was a nice surprise. Uh, but yeah, the other one I'll just mention is is one that that I have a dream, and that is that there is a band name that came randomly to my radar called Uncle Daddy, and that's spelled U N K L E Daddy. They are like a monster truck as far as just straight up. Uh, Fun rock and roll with some uh, and they're from the Twin Cities they're in Minnesota they're playing near you Um, they have they have a 10 track album called Full Length get it it's a beautiful beautiful uh, album cover there just a lot of fun Um, and I don't know man they seem like I don't know if you've even given them a a play yet but there's but they have a song you know me I like nice fresh movie references they have a song called O-Face Hmm. Uh, as well uh that's a jam and is this like yeah, a steel panther band uh, nope hmm. no they're just fun i mean that there's they have fun lyrics they have a they have a uh but they're just just straight up rock and roll okay but they're right right in town and, and um great guitars did you, you i don't think you've you've definitely not checked them out then yet
2: no not yet sorry you sent me some links and
3: what like I guess said been a little preoccupied. No problem. So that so I wanted to feature a song called "Thick Licks and High Kicks" for the outro. So my dream is that you'll interview them soon on Suns Out Mics Out. <laughs> yeah, they're we... local, man. They need the promotion. Oh yeah, okay. <clears throat> yeah, we can. Yeah, just tell me what email you want me to provide them. <laughs> I
2: just want to end the show, bro, buddy. Anybody... <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Let's get out of here, man. All right, buddy. It was good catching up with you. Rock's not dead. It just slipped down the stairs.
3: in our neighborhood, matter, and they had a party there where they did a, what's called a beer dive, where they throw about uh, <clears throat> 20 cases of canned beer into there. So they had a beer
2: le- dive at a sack Social?
1: It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football.